So why does the Holy Spirit lead us to this crossroad of temptation? Well, He leads us there to make us strong, to increase our faith, to give us steadfastness. James says it this way in James 1-2, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And steadfastness, when it has its full effect, will make you perfect, complete, not lacking in anything. And in verse 12 of that same chapter, it says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. You see, he takes us to the place where he gives us the opportunity to exercise our faith and make the right choice so that our faith will become stronger, so that we will become stronger believers, so that we will have a steadfastness, so that we will become more and more Thank you for listening to the Calhoun Baptist Church Podcast with Pastor Mark Abney. In this episode, Brother Mark shares a powerful message titled, Why Am I Being Tempted?, based on Mark chapter 1, verses 12 through 13. In this message, Pastor Mark will guide us through the often challenging terrain of spiritual warfare and equip us with the tools to overcome temptation. Join us as we delve deep into God's Word and discover the key to living a victorious life. Get ready to be inspired and empowered. And now, Brother Mark. Last week we... Uh... We talked about the baptism of Jesus. And this week we're moving on in chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. And we're going to look at the temptation of Jesus. I've entitled this message, Why Are We Being Tempted? Why are we being tempted? Mark 1, 12 through 13. Would you stand with me as we read the Holy Scriptures? The Spirit immediately drove him out to the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness 40 days, being tempted by Satan, and he was with wild animals, and angels were ministering to him. Let us pray. Father God, I pray that you bless your word to our hearts. Lord, may we rightly divide the truth this morning. Lord, hide me behind the cross. Give me your words to speak that we may be made alive by your words. May they do the work they're designed to do and never return void. And Lord, we just thank you for all that you have done for us, for your word that you've given us, that we can know the truth. And Lord, it's the truth that sets us free. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, you may be seated. I can resist anything but temptation. The bumper sticker says. That statement's probably more true than we realize. In fact, we usually fall in the place where we think we're the strongest, the place we believe we're least likely to be attacked. That's where we end up totaling out the Cadillac. I think to get this whole picture of Jesus' temptation, we need to look at the other two Gospels where the story is told because there's more detail there. So, Let's go to Luke 4, 1, 
And uh, you can put your finger there, and then you can go to Matthew 4, 1, because they're both, both of these stories are in chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. So we're going to look at both, read both of them. Luke 4, 1 says, And Jesus, full of the Spirit, he returned from Jordan. We know that's where he was baptized. And he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing dur during those days, and they were, and when they were ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up, and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And he said to him, If you will, if you will give all authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I will give it to whom I will, then if you will worship me, it will be yours. And Jesus answered him and said, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and in him alone shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem, and he set him on a pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, If you're the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command His angels concerning you to guard you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him and said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. I want to stop right there and say that last sentence. Notice that the devil departed from Jesus because Jesus quoted scripture and he fleed from him. But he wasn't done. He's coming back, right? It said he departed from him until an opportune time. So know this, that when we tell the devil to get away from us and the devil has to flee, it's not done. He's coming back. <laughs> so you have to just keep telling him. You have to tell him over and over. Let's go to Matthew 4.1. And Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came to him and said to him, If you're the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. And he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. The devil took him to the holy city, and he set him on a pinnacle of the temple. And he said, If you're, son of the, if you're the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him again, It is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And the devil took him to a very high mountain, and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to, them, said to him, All of these I will give you if you fall down and worship me. And then Jesus said, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and in him alone shall you serve. And then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. The first thing I want all of us to notice about these, this passage of Scripture, all three of these, it says that Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit to the place where he would be tempted by the devil. The Spirit of God led Jesus, God's only son, to a place where Satan would try to make him fall. In Hebrews 4.15 it says this, 
For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Now I want you to know, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this statement, and I'm going to back it up with some scripture, but I believe that we are led to the crossroads of temptation by the Holy Spirit. You and I as believers are led to the place where we have to make a choice to choose the right road or the wrong road. So the title of this message is, Why Am I Being Tempted? Jesus is our great high priest. And Jesus was led to the crossroads of temptation where he was tempted three times by Satan. And if Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit to the crossroads of temptation, Know this, that you and I will also be led to that place. And that place is the place where God wants us to make the right decision. Paul said to follow me as I follow Jesus. Here we also see that the Spirit will lead those in the Bible that we're talking about uh, many times to that crossroads of temptation. Sometimes they choose the right path, and sometimes they don't. So why does the Holy Spirit lead us to this crossroad of temptation? Well, He leads us there to make us strong, to increase our faith, to give us steadfastness. James says it this way in James 1-2, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And steadfastness, when it has its full effect, will make you perfect, complete, not lacking in anything. And in verse 12 of that same chapter, it says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. You see, he takes us to the place where he gives us the opportunity to exercise our faith and make the right choice so that our faith will become stronger, so that we will become stronger believers, so that we will have a steadfastness, so that we will become more and more like Jesus. He wants to bring us to perfection, and that's what this whole thing of sanctification is about is he brings us to the place where we can exercise our free will and make the right choice. Now, do we always make the right choice? No. But even in the wrong choice, we can grow stronger if we trust the Lord in the trial. You know what I mean? He wants us to exercise our faith even when we make a bad choice. So that in faith, he grows us more and more like Jesus. And we should learn from our errors, right? And if we don't learn from our errors, it's called what? Insanity. Insanity, right? You keep doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result, but it's the same result. So we should learn from our, our mistakes, you and I are tempted so that we become stronger and better Christians. All throughout the Bible, we see the tempter at work, the devil, Satan. 
Just before Peter denied Christ three times, Jesus knew that the devil was going to tempt him. He says, Satan has desired to sift you like wheat, Peter. You know, Peter said, no, I'll die for you, Lord. And, and Jesus said, well, Satan has already told me he desires to sift you like wheat. And Jesus said, I'm praying for you that you will remain strong. I'm, Jesus knew that he wasn't going to, he, he knew he was going to fail. But Jesus said, I'm praying for you that you make the right choice. And he does the same thing for us. He leads us to that crossroad, that point of temptation, and he says, I'm praying that you'll make the right choice and grow strong in your faith. The Spirit led Peter to follow Jesus at a distance and to warm his hands by the fire that night. And at the point where he had the chance to say yes or no, do you know Jesus and wasn't you with him? He had the chance. He could have said, yeah, I'm one of them. But he didn't. He said, no, I'm not one of them. And so he made the wrong choice. And when he made the wrong choice, Satan won that temptation. But it wasn't over. You see, we always have the chance to repent of that sin and to grow stronger as we trust Jesus in our faith. James says it this way. Each person is tempted when he's lured away and enticed by his own desire. You see, we see something, or we want something, or we feel something, and we know it's not right, but we keep going after it anyway. And we put whatever that is ahead of God in our lives. Or, or we take the thing that we know we're not supposed to have and hang on to it, even though God says no, we keep it anyway. And as we do, we know that that's sin. And it, James says it this way, he says, the desire when it's conceived, when you go ahead and grab it, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it brings forth death. Let's look at the very first sin in the Bible. Let's go to Genesis 3, chapter 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise... She took of the fruit. Notice, notice three things that she did there. She saw it was good for food. It was delightful to the eye. And it would make one wise. So she took it and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. If you want to see the three things that trap us in sin, it's these three things. The lust of the pride of life, the lust of the eyes, and the lust of the flesh. 
That's the same three things that Jesus was tempted with by Satan in this passage that we read. He was hungry, and so he was tempted, to, as Satan tempted him to make the stones into bread, he was tempted to make some food for himself and was very capable, amen? He could have made that food. Well, first, in this passage of Scripture, Satan told the woman that she would be like God. That's the lust of the pride of life. You, 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 you eat that fruit and you'll be just like God. You'll be so smart. And so she thought, wow, I'll, I'll be like God. That's the pride of life. And the Bible said when the pride of life takes over, you fall. Pride goeth before the fall. Amen? Next you read that the woman saw that the fruit looked really excellent. Did you ever see something that looked really enticing? Maybe you was on the internet and it's like, whoa, I, like, I got to have that. You're already getting out the credit card and trying to put your numbers in and get that bought and shipped FedEx or however. You know, <clears throat> it looks good. And you think you have to have it. And then you get it, and it wasn't at all like the picture. <laughs> and, and you're sitting there looking at this thing that you paid a whole bunch of money for, and it's like, I, I don't really need this at all. I don't know why. And then it sets around for a while, and pretty soon you end up getting rid of it. And it wasn't what you wanted at all. But it's the lust of the eye. You know, you see it, and you think, I got to have that. I want that. She took the fruit and tasted it and, it, and it was good to eat. The lust of the flesh. She says, boy, that tastes good. If it feels good, do it. You know, that's the lust of the flesh. Amen? I want, I want to do it, and I want to do what I want to do, and I don't want to do what God wants me to do. And so... It feels good when I go and do the thing that I want to do instead of obeying God and doing what He wants to do. And so that's what I end up doing, but I don't do the thing that I want to do, which is to do what God wants me to do. And I end up doing the wrong thing, and I hate it when I do that. You know that chapter, Romans 7? Oh, wretched man that I am. Let's look at how Satan tempted Jesus. The lust of the flesh is everything that appeals to our carnal and physical appetite. Although nat the natural body desires, the desires of the natural body are not inherently evil like food or drink. But the devil can use these fleshly things to get you to sin. And the devil tried to tempt Jesus by the lust of the flesh when he urged him to turn them stones into bread. The lust of the eyes is everything that appeals to your eye. In this category of temptation, Satan uses external attractions to produce covetousness and idolatry. The devil tried to tempt Jesus by the lust of the eyes when he showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. And he says, all these things I can give to you because they're mine. You know, Satan is the king of this world. He's the prince of the air. And he can give you all them things. He can make you a mayor. He can make you 
a president. He can make you a king. He can give you cities. He can give you great wealth. He has great power. He can give you these things. But it may not be God's will and usually is not. He's a liar. He's a trickster. He's a deceiver. And that's what he chooses to do. So he tells Jesus, all these things I can give you if you'll just bow your knee to me. And Jesus rebuked him. And third, the pride of life is everything that appeals to haughtiness and arrogance and pride. And in this category, Satan uses contemplation of personal achievement and popularity to produce a self-sufficient attitude. And when a person falls prey to the pride of life, there is no longer a battle against the flesh. The sinful path wins out. The devil tried to tempt Jesus by the pride of life when he took him up to that holy city and he set him on that pinnacle of the temple and he urged him to defy God and jump. And he quoted him scripture. You know, Satan knows the scripture better than we do. He studied it a long, lot longer than we have. And he knows every word of it and he knows how to twist it for his good. And he will do that. Sometimes he appears as an angel of light. Remember the serpent in the story of Adam and Eve was more crafty than all the other beasts of the field that God had created. Satan is good at what he does and he can offer you a lot of desirable things in life if you just do his bidding. He can give you worldly riches. He can make you popular and make you cool. He can give you good things to eat and good things of this world because they are His to give. But remember, the things of this world are temporary. They are passing away. The things of this world don't pass through the fire. So don't lay up for yourselves treasures on the earth where moth and rust corrupt, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven for moths and rust have no effect. Satan wants you to pursue the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, because they're contrary to the things God wants you to pursue. Notice Jesus quoted God's word to beat Satan, and you and I should do the same. At the end of the temptation, Jesus told him to scram, and Satan had to leave. The Bible says if we resist the devil, he will flee from us. In conclusion, why am I being tempted? Why doesn't God protect me from the wiles of the devil? Why, doesn't, why does the Holy Spirit take me to the place of temptation? Because he wants to make us perfect. If when Jesus come into our heart and saved us and become our Lord and Savior, if from that point forward, God protected us from every trial and every tribulation, would we first of all ever need Him again? Secondly, our faith would cease to exist. And third, you and I would become hellions because we wouldn't need God anymore. With every trial, 
we can choose to strengthen our faith. All good and perfect gifts come down from the Father of lights in whom there is no shadow of turning. What God has in mind at the crossroads of temptation is that you and I choose the right path. And we grow. And we become steadfast. And we become more perfect. Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. But I am praying that you will stand up and stand out for me. Would you stand and pray with me? Father God, we don't like the trials and temptations of this world. We don't like all the circumstances that come our way. But Lord, we know you use them for your glory. And so Lord, as we're faced with a, a temptation, and we will be today, and we are every day, Lord, I pray that we would make godly decisions. I pray that we would choose the right path. I pray that we would stay on the straight and narrow path, that we wouldn't veer to the right or left, but we would stand on your holy word. Lord, I pray that we would read your word and take it into our heart and leave it there, that we might know what it says so that we are able to make right choices. Lord, I pray that as the tempter comes after us, that we would quote that word to him and rebuke him in your name and tell him to flee from us so that he will get away from us. Lord, I pray that as every situation comes our way, every temptation, that we would check it against your word and see if it's Satan who's trying to tempt us or if it's your direction and your Holy Spirit that's moving us. Lord, I pray that we would be your people and we would realize that through the temptations that come at us, through the circumstances we go through, through the trials and tribulations of life, we can choose to grow stronger. We can choose to exercise our faith and trust you and know that you have everything in, in your hand and under control. Lord, I pray that as the Spirit leads us to the crossroads of temptation, that we make right choices. Lord, I pray this morning that if someone who has never heard the truth, never heard the gospel message, that today would be the day of salvation for them. And the gospel message is this, Lord, that you came and you are God's son and that you lived among us as a human without sin. And because of that, you was able to go to the cross and die for us and take all of our sin upon you in your death and bury it. And then God raised you from the dead and you had victory over death, the consequence of all of our sin. And because of that, Lord, when we trust you as our Lord and Savior, you save us from hell and death and make us alive and give us new life a life that lasts forever, that we will spend an eternity with you in heaven. 
Lord, I pray that if someone is hearing this for the very first time and they want to be saved, that they would pray this prayer. Father God, I believe that you sent Jesus to die for me and that he is your only son. I want you to forgive me of my sins. I want you to come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. I want to follow you the rest of my days. Thank you for saving me. If you prayed that simple prayer, the Holy Spirit has come and is now living in you. And the Holy Spirit will lead you as you follow Him. And He will, he will do all kinds of great works in and through you while you're alive on this earth. And then He'll take you home to live with Him forever in heaven. As believers, we may be in the middle of a trial, a temptation. And I just pray that we would make the right choice. I, I pray as Jesus prayed for Peter that you would stand strong. Stand on God's Word. Quote God's Word to Satan. And tell him to get away from you. Lord, we don't like the trials and tribulations and temptations of this world, but I thank you for them because they help us to become more and more like you. They help us to become stronger. They help us to be steadfast in our faith, to persevere, to overcome, and they make us more perfect. Lord, I pray that you'd have your will and your way during this invitation time, and we'll give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to be singing page. We want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this week's podcast. Our prayer is that if you are touched by this message, that you will respond with action. If you would like to accept Christ as your Lord, we ask that you pray the following prayer. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I do not deserve eternal life, but I believe that you died and rose from the grave to make me a new creation and to prepare me to dwell in your presence forever. Jesus, come into my life, take control of my life, forgive my sins, and save me. I am now placing my trust in you alone for my salvation, and I accept your free gift of eternal life. If you prayed this prayer with us today, then you know that you are truly saved. We'd love to hear from you so that we might connect in a meaningful way, encouraging you to be active in the local church, and share the same saving message of Jesus Christ. Please feel free to contact our pastor, visit our church, or find a Bible-believing local congregation near you. However you respond, please let us know. 